Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be back. Yay! <laughs> I'm I'm super stoked because this week we get to talk about one of my favorite games, and uh, I've actually had some time to play it this week, so I'm excited. It's Frostpunk Day. Yes. Well, I mean, to to the game's credit, we did talk about it last week as well. But now that you've had a chance to play it, we can kind of dive a little deeper into the new mechanics of On the Edge, which yes. is the DLC, so- not what not my current feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this is the the uh, newest and last DLC piece for Frostpunk. So if you uh, purchased your season's pass, this is it. Uh, if you haven't, why haven't you? Because this game is amazing. <laughs> but uh, it's I've got to say I I didn't really understand when you were talking about it last week because I hadn't had a chance <laughs> to play. I didn't really understand how it could be that different. And now that I've actually gotten into play it it has a lot of the very familiar mechanics to it in terms of like your basic buildings and your tech tree and stuff except for there's so much less focus well there is no focus basically on on the generator which was just so central to the original frostpunk game right is the whole idea was like you have to build this generator so that you can survive the great storm and you know so so much of your focus and so much of your uh, time and your tech and your resources went into this generator and there is no generator in this piece of dlc which is really really interesting i found so Instead, there's much, much more of a focus on exploring and scouting and trading with other, um, I guess, not civilizations, but other settlements, other camps and stuff. And I found that that shift was super, super interesting and very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it plays well to the idea of this being a, a pseudo sequel slash 1.5 epilogue to the main campaign because what do you do after you've um you know exhausted the resources in your specific location and how do you communicate with other settlements and there really wasn't a lot of that in the main game i think there was a Mm -hmm. little bit but it was more you you discovering you did a little bit of scouting but it was more like you would go out different locations like some locations wouldn't have anything other locations you'd find like survivors and you'd have to bring them back to your settlement before the storm moved in um, or you would find resources. And but the scouting mechanics in general were definitely not. They were like to build the lore of the world a little bit more because everything you discovered, it was like, oh, this looks like X, Y, Z thing. And, and you know, they must have done this before this happened. So it very much like all the journal entries and stuff from the scouting teams built out the story, but all the, or most of the strategy was really centered around your specific settlement where you, it's much more scouting focused and it's much more like wider world focused. And like, how do you fit into this new world as opposed to, you know, like how do we just survive to be part of the new world? So it's uh yeah, it's definitely an interesting take on, on what might happen at the end of the, you know, the new, or I guess the great storm, which, which was kind of funny because 
you you very quickly and I, I don't want to go into too many story spoilers because I think it is um it's a really, really cool experience that everyone should actually have as as spoiler free as possible. But I will say it was kind of funny to take over a kind of like a, a new settlement that had set out from the original location that you were managing because I'm like, okay, wait, so me, the leader of the new settlement, am I the same leader? Like, did I leave London or new London and go to the settlement or is my like original like leader character still the head of new London? Because if I'm still the head of New London, I'm a dick. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like, which I mean, like, I didn't really think that I made that many jerk decisions, but man, <laughs> the head of New London is just the worst. Well, and I think that might be me. <laughs> I think if Frostpunk over the years has taught us anything, it's that the uh, hardships will make you do incredible things i i don't i don't re remember clearly but i'm pretty sure my first experience with the game or first experience with finishing a main game went pretty solidly but then near the end i accidentally created like execution um <laughs> stages I accidentally executed a bunch of people Look, i was in a mo i was in like a spectacle of it whoopsie doodles <laughs> yeah like daily you know daily sort of like it was like it was like broadway or something i don't oh, know no, but it was, i remember yeah was, <laughs> you had like the daily execution yeah. show to I, make sure people stayed in line <laughs> so this falls this is this is just this makes sense in my playthrough like you know new london did what it needed to do to survive and, and did it pretty well until near the end and uh i was like yeah this this checks out in terms of new london <laughs> and being how you quite played. shit um i don't know what you named your new outpost when you get a so essentially you get a chance to um become your own sort of settlement you know you're no longer outpost 383 or whatever uh and it says what do you want to call your your settlement i call i call mine better london which just works <laughs> so well across many wow. layers of I the game i just went with the default and now i realize i failed yeah you know what i don't usually have that type of comedic timing but in that moment i was like you know what this is gonna pay off and it did and i have the screenshot to prove it it's it's i don't know if it's spoilery but like i'm not gonna i'm gonna say i'm not gonna say what it was but you know at the end of a frostpunk campaign they kind of give you like the weird ominous text over top of your uh your time lapse of of building your city yes. so i yes. i like the screen grab grab i got mentions new london and mentions better london i'm like yeah that that's awesome i'm keeping that yeah. one um but no i i i remember i've thoroughly enjoyed this this campaign and i i do want to go through it again but i think you and i both learned some lessons going through again because the game very much like the other expansions they had very much uh, assumes that you know what you're doing from a basic frostpunk level and yeah. for both of us i think like you know you get it quite quick um of heating things and using the these sort of garbage can fires oh and and all that fun yeah, stuff like, but so it was actually really funny and i guess this is kind of like a um a psa 
But right at the very beginning, they were like, okay, we don't have a generator. And I was like, okay, maybe I just don't need to worry about heat this time. And I paid, first of all, I forgot to build the workshop. So I didn't have access to my tech tree for the first 15 days. So it was pretty rough. But then also, um, yeah, because I didn't have the tech tree, I wasn't looking at the fact that there was like, heater tech I could build and like you say like basically the dumpster fires you could put in the streets to heat things like I didn't know any of that stuff I didn't research any of that stuff so I just assumed I didn't have to worry about temperature which in a game in 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 Frostpunk that's like one of your major resources right so I was just like oh maybe they just like turned it off for this DLC maybe I just need to learn to build like bunk houses or something I don't know but yeah I was like I don't have a generator so I don't have to worry about heat and then uh yeah everybody froze to death <laughs> yeah I, I I struggled early Again, on another whoopsie doodles <laughs> It happens. It's no they, uh, execution start, platforms, like, but staring at you, and they're like, "Oh, I wonder what our glorious leader is gonna fuck up today." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary. I didn't mean to." <laughs> hey, you know what? Between you and me, uh, Mary just she 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 doesn't know. Is what she she's just about. always negative, no matter how how well yeah. you're doing. She just shows up on day 15, dropping f bombs, regardless of how prosperous you are. Yeah, she's one of the new <laughs> Londoners that uh, that didn't quite make it out when uh, when you sent them home. Hopefully, yeah. it was uh, a bag lunch. <laughs> but um, I, like, yeah, you, and I think that's where uh, a you can either play it like a Civ experience where you are playing once through learning it and then going back and playing it more as if the game wants you to play it in the sense that you you kind of understand how the tech tree works and how um how your resources are limited so like first of all tech tree because i had to catch up on that one because i i ended up having to have a couple of 24-hour shifts to get the engineers brains of flowing people weren't happy <laughs> about that but you know what it's it's uh it's not my fault i forgot that how the tech tree works um, but also resources. This is very much um, a a campaign based on trade, and that's all I'll say. So you're gonna want to know right off the bat. You can tell based on the tech tree and based on the resources you have in front of you in that map what you, as an outpost, are going to be able to have at your disposal for trade. So they set up very early on that steel and steam cores are pretty much infinite out of that mm -hmm. armory sort of surplus store hanging around. I think it's more like a mine <laughs> shaft type thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a mine shaft. Yeah, like an old army base built into the mountain to, I think, try to avoid the storm, but they failed. <laughs> yeah, not many people were successful. In, no, uh, that is that is one thing that you definitely learn very early on is that uh, New London under... Your amazing leadership is like the only thing that survived the storm. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, and and the thing is, um, if you if you pay attention to that tech tree and you pay attention to what the game is trying to tell you, like tech tree is important. Um, you're gonna want to find, uh, you're gonna want to set up like a proper um uh resource chain for the for the resources you can gather, um, infinitely. Obviously, you're going to want to take advantage of the limited resources you have, like wood, because there is limited sort of um, uh, forestry around in this scenario. But then you're also going to want to uh, use the tech tree to upgrade your scouts, because I went through the entire game and missed, I'd say, a, like, uh, a, 
I, I want to say a good chunk, but I missed a third of that uh, that trading portion. So honestly, if I were to go back and play through again, I would beeline for those trading options to mm. to be in a like I don't want to say a better position because I did I did complete it successfully, but I'd be in a, a cooler position, you know, like oh, you know, I can do this. It's like well, yeah. Let me just take. Let me just let my my cool friends take care of it. I'll just I'll just <laughs> stay here rummaging through my my steel factory or whatever. But I I think if you do those three things, it you're going to be well set up. But also, I would say it, it probably would benefit you because again, the main game came out what in 2018. Probably mm-hmm. benefit you to go back and play that main campaign again just to get an idea of all of the little systems that this game has. Uh, and, yeah, I and, don't yeah. even think that you need to necessarily go all the way through no. a new home um, playthrough, like the the base playthrough scenario, uh, but just enough to to kind of redo that tutorial a little bit if it's been a while since you've you've been in the Frostpunk world, because it does it works a whole lot differently than most other kind of like strategy games that I've played, like simulation management games. Like it, it is quite different, and it's it's also quite punishing. I mean. I played, um, I think I played through a new home again recently, recently with an asterisk because I can't remember how many days, weeks, months, and years have gone by in 2020. But um, (laughs) at some point in 2020, I went back and played on a harder difficulty and uh, it ramps up really, really quickly. But um, anyways, it's a fun scenario and uh, it it kind of... um, lays the base out really well and so i mean i i plan once i finish and just kind of see the story um then i'm planning on uh on kind of ramping it up and and doing a whole like start to finish in order playthrough of all the scenarios and i'm stoked because i just can't get enough of this game i cannot get enough and this might be it right like in terms of there, there's no i know i know you know there's no inclination of, of there being a a proper sequel although i would be excited to see what they could do with the idea of a of a Frostpunk 2 or that does it just turn into be like not Frostpunk, but it's uh it's you know normal punk i don't know I, that would probably not be as fun maybe they do like fire punk yeah like it's not snow it's just a bunch of volcanoes come out of nowhere I mean, I played Civ. I know volcanoes can be really anywhere hidden in plain sight, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I I hope they do something else because I think that this is a really talented developer and I, and I want to see them uh, kind of do, even if it's totally something outside the universe. I just really liked how throughout the entire Frostpunk experience, you kind of, um, there was there was a real like grit to it. They brought the they kind of like did that whole like sim city thing where you know that they're the people aren't just like it's like crossing the line between sim city and the sims where like you your people aren't just little tiny dots they're whatever that you're just managing and telling them to go and do stuff it's like they actually have like personalities and wants and needs and you know you can't just do stuff with no consequences uh and so i mean part of that goes into like the story and the lore and everything else too but just the world that they built for like a a simulation and management game was was really really like deep and and very fleshed out and really interesting it was like it was it was gritty and they made you make hard choices and and you know you felt like 
or at least I felt like it very much was the like, oh my God, I'm going to kill everyone if I don't, you know, like put this stuff in the right places. And if I don't click fast enough and if I don't manage all these things, like everyone's going to die. And it felt like there were some real like stakes here. So like, I don't really care if it's Frostpunk 2. I don't care if it's something totally different. I just loved their world building. I loved the actual mechanics of the game. And then I loved how they made me feel as a gamer when I was playing it. Like my decisions actually mattered and there were stakes. So whatever that like the, the, if they take all that talent and and put it into, you know, whatever new simulation management game or whatever, like I will play it. The, they're awesome. And I just absolutely love Frostpunk. Like it was my game of the year in 2018. And it just like I honestly I cannot sing any higher praises for this game. It was amazing start to finish the DLC. Every entry made the season pass like so worth it. I would have paid the season pass price for each piece of DLC. Like, honestly, I, I cannot sing the praises of this game any higher. Yeah. Well, you, you're, you'll be excited to hear they are, they are obviously working on another game. I think they said it's not Frostpunk, but it is, uh, it is going to be something in line with what they've done before the game. They had the game series they did before was, I think it was war is mine or it was like a, yep. it was a, yeah, it was this a, war it was, of mine. Yeah, and it was a yeah. it was sort of similar. It was um it was a, a a simpler sort of sim management game, but it still was of that of that elk and very um depressing. <laughs> so they did say that I think their next product is supposed to be in the same line as like yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be depressing, but it's gonna be a great Perfect. sort of experience. So <laughs> hey, we're all in at the gamers in with whatever sad thing they do next. <laughs> sad good thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to explain it without. It's sounding like you're you're looking forward to playing something that's um it's depressing, yeah, and <laughs> making you make choices like should we have child labor? Yes, we should. We should also put sawdust into our food. <laughs> oh, I, and here's one last thing because I feel like we're getting okay. ready to move on. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of child labor, uh, in the game, it was one of those things where uh, you ask. So in this game, they give you the, first of all, you're communicating with New London pretty directly, and they're saying you send us steel we'll send you food and they say send us 100 steel and or 75 steel and two steam cores and we'll send you the food and there is that like it's not instantaneous there's time between there's yeah travel time so they do all that but then you can also ask for them for help so you say okay i'm really struggling i need more workers rather than send people what do they do they force child labor on my people and i'm like well this is great like i wasn't (laughs) planning on signing that and now i have to deal with the problems with having you know yeah, i think um i said uh i'm having trouble i have too many people they're sick and then they were like all right fine chop off their legs yeah. i was like what they they, they make <laughs> you not a solution <laughs> they force you into signing um it's like the, the worst, worst of the two options <laughs> yeah but but in this in the sense it allows them to basically say oh we helped you but we didn't lose any of our resources yeah now when you do eventually become your own settlement you do get to set your own laws so i don't want people to necessarily think like oh great it's just going to send me down the worst law path no you you do get control but i had to deal with child labor on my <laughs> on my ledger for the whole game um <laughs> and i mean you know i gave them i put them i gave them safe warm jobs I, I put them in the cookhouse 
Um, I would always remove them because I'd feel guilty. Oh, you guilty. didn't put them. You didn't put them everywhere. Oh, I, I put some in the like. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. I put I'm, put some in I'm the gathering pits, <laughs> right? When you know, but those I places are warm. Definitely, I'm running out of. Uh, I'm running out of workers. That's my big problem. I don't have enough people. So I had a I had a real big episode where like a lot of people froze to death. Yeah, and it was totally not my fault. Mm-hmm. It was definitely New London's fault. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, New London's That's the just, worst. They are the yeah. New London is awful. Better London's awful. way better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me about this uh, this other game that you played this week, Ancient Enemy. What is it? What is that? So this this is an older one. It came out uh, I think earlier in the year. I think May comes to mind. Uh, but I I recently got my hands on it, and it is a deck builder game. That is sort of based on sort of solitaire rules. So in that in that instance, like you are presented with a card, and then to progress and and build your combos and charge your moves, you say you get a two, you gotta either go up or down. Like you could go three or one, and then it circles around from zero to nine and nine to zero. Basic sort okay. of solitaire rules. So essentially, like you are uh presented with this map it's very you know i got the sense it's very like a it's very like a mobile game like old school mobile game that you would and that this sounds bad and i'm really like if it weren't for the addicting sort of gameplay everything else about this game kind of screams early to 2010 type mobile game or maybe okay. even 2015 <laughs> that sort of thing and, and you know the graphics the sounds the music it's 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 all there to service basically the gameplay which is uh this solitaire based combat so you're and you're you're literally the, you are the, the mage and the bad guys you're fighting are the enemy and that's how you, it's referred to throughout the entire campaign <laughs> so you don't even have like names or anything no. it's just like basically good guy versus enemy <laughs> it is very much like when they when this game's called ancient enemy like they, they're not kidding like you are the mage the bad guys are the enemy, and even when your mage is talking, it's like I sense the enemy ahead of me. Like it's very, <laughs> it's very serviceable. And again, like if you were to watch a YouTube video of it, you'd you'd probably be like, they put all their they. I think it's from a developer that does a lot of the solitaire type game, like deck builder type stuff. And again, like if it weren't for the the gameplay, you would probably look at this and wonder, you know. Um, so, like, how did you find this? Like, where did this come from? Someone had played it months ago, and it's always been on my radar, and I finally got a chance to to get around to it. And, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a card battler guy. Like, you know, I know you're big into Hearthstone, obviously, but I'm, it's not my, <laughs> it's not my thing. And, but I like the idea of a, of a card battler game. I just suck at building decks. So this game is a deck builder, so essentially whenever you loot cards or you get cards in your deck like abilities and powers they're yours they're in your they're either in your inventory or you equip them and they're very much um for example because you're presented with this solitaire style board let's say you're fighting an enemy first thing you do is check the enemy's sort of stats so is this resistant to fire resistant to ice okay i'm going to swap my fire spell out and put in a earthquake spell because it's not resistance to physical damage then i'm going to Make sure I have the proper um, defense spell. So if it's a if it's a mage enemy, then I'm going to put um, a magic defense 
spell in there or if it's a just a dude with a sword i'm going to put a physical defense in so you kind of do that setup at the start and then you're presented with this mass of cards and the only face-up cards you have the ones you can click are kind of on the top and like picture solitaire you kind of you see that it's it's like kind of reverse solitaire where all the cards are on the map and you have to kind of click through them to clear the board and as you're clearing the board you're building up your combos you're you're charging your weapons and the longer you go the longer combo you build the stronger your abilities are right so it 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 behooves you to kind of continue building your power so that you can do more damage or sustain um or or defend uh better right so that's sort of the gameplay loop um but where it's augmented is you have these abilities where you can say the first ability you get is literally just pick a card that you want removed. So for example, sometimes you can't see the cards underneath um, the card that you want to click. Other times you can. So you want to say you need a three or a four and you see uh, underneath that six, there's a three or a four. You can be like, oh, well, I can just use this ability. I can remove that six, get the four, continue my combo, build up. And it's very simple. So then would you, when you get to a point where there's no more cards available for you to go up or down, then that's when you've reached the like max available power on your ability and then you cast it? Yeah. So when you, okay. and that's a good question. So again, when you, basically when you've exhausted all your moves, um, you hit the end turn button or you can choose one of your abilities if they've been charged. So there are three different types of cards. There's, um, they're all numbered zero to nine and then there are a couple other special cards, but really there are three colors. There's the um, physical attack, magic attack, so there's yellow, orange, and then um, defense, which is blue. So you can, it, suits don't matter. You just pick the card that is the next in line, whether if you have a three, whether it's a four or two. And if it's blue, that charges your blue, your defense spell. If it's yellow, it charges your physical attack spell. And you keep going until you want to use a move or you're out of you're out of options in terms of progressing your combo. And then you can choose one of your abilities that have been charged. And those charges do persist across turns. So, for example, if you have a really good combo, you charge your physical, magic, and defense, and you know you want to use a a physical attack, your magic and defense are ready for the next turn, and you can... Their their powers, sort of the combo resets, so they go back to their original attack value, but you're able to kind of build that combo up. Um, And when you clear the map, it does reset the deck, or reset the the map, um, puts all the cards back out there, so you do have an opportunity to continue um building your combos but it's um it's very simple gameplay but it is it is very addicting as you move through and there are attack sessions where you're fighting a dude and you can it telegraphs what their what their move is which is kind of weird it feels kind of kind of cheap but it also allows you to prepare it'd be like playing rock paper scissors and knowing what your opponent is going to choose <laughs> but but picture so- like like, I was going to say, are you even playing rock, paper, scissors at that point? <laughs> uh, well, a little bit. Like, for example, if you see, oh, um, I'm fighting this, like, weird boar thing, and it 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 is telling me I'm going to use a physical attack. Well, I know I need to charge my defense so I don't take any damage. I can take damage. That's fine. I have a certain amount of health, but it it, it doesn't reset until you finish a whole chapter. So it's persistent. So you kind of have to keep your health up. You're you're encouraged to do that. Um, but if you see the opponent is going to use a physical attack, you know you need to charge your defense. 
in order to take that hit so you don't lose too much health. So in that sense, like from a rock, paper, scissors perspective, you can cancel out their attack. Um, And that's where the telegraph comes in handy. Or if you see they're going to use a defensive attack, oh, I need to use my attack now, or sorry, a defensive spell. I need to use my attack now so I can get my hit in before they bring their shields up, right? Uh, Because you always seem to go first. But it's... (laughs) <laughs> it, it's just again it's like it's one of these games that's and and i haven't i started playing on desktop and it was not really doing it for me so i loaded it up on uh steam links through the ipad i changed a couple of settings i think it was like the way the mouse works so it's on direct mm. cursor now it's a little funky it's not it 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 begs to be released on like a tablet An actual mobile yeah of it. <laughs> it feels weird playing it on desktop so I'd almost say, like, buy the game, get Steam Link working, play it on a tablet, because that's that's the proper way to play it, I think, because it feels much more much more engaging. Because, I mean, you know, it's like playing Solitaire on your computer. I know a lot of people did it. A lot, a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people do. But, I mean, once tablets came along, it's like, well, geez, I can just, like, move it with my finger. That's way better than, like, click, move, click, move. It's just, <laughs> it's just so much more satisfying on the tablet and i've i've both been playing it while running on the treadmill and i've been playing it just chilling on the couch and it's just it's been a lot of fun it's again just kind of a little addictive fun pick yeah it up, put it down experience yeah it's the the again the graphics the story the sounds the music it's not it's not what sells this game it's very much the gameplay they've set up here and i've i've found that i've kind of been rocketing through it. i think i'm like halfway through already it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun and a good a good distraction. And 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 uh, yeah, it's it's not my normal type of game, but yeah, I'm digging it. Good. Uh, so we've had you know like super awesome Frostpunk, Ancient Enemy, you know, pretty decent. Avengers Beta. <laughs> Is this going to continue the downward kind of trend? We started on a very high high, <laughs> or are we gonna are we gonna go way back up there with Avengers? Like where where are you kind of coming down on this final? Because because Avengers is coming out like imminently, right? Yeah, next Friday, I think. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I couldn't remember if it was this Friday or next Friday, but it's like it's soon soon. <laughs> so are you gonna stick with your pre order? Are you going to, you know, give this one a pass? What do you what are you thinking now? Yeah, well I don't know if I mentioned on the show. Uh what I'll do is I'll give this update in the sense I had originally pre ordered it for Xbox and I know we had I had a conversation about like Spider Man being exclusive on the PS4 and that feels like yes. a really shitty move on Sony and Square <laughs> Enix part. However, if I'm gonna play the game on a and I own the platform that's gonna have the better deal, I mean I'd be I should go with the better deal. I know I'm voting with my dollars and or and it's a bad idea. But I did I I said, well if I owning the Xbox version was kinda or Xbox pre order was also like a kind of a, a nail in the coffin. It's like I might as well just cancel it. I don't know. But I was able I got a hold of Best Buy and I'm like, hey, can I just like switch my pre order? Um, I had a discount from two years ago when I purchased it. I think I pre I got it for fifty bucks plus tax instead of the eighty that we normally spend up here in Canada. So it's kind of a big deal. So that's a yeah, that's a really big deal. Yeah. So I, I was able to switch it. So I have the PS4 version coming um on uh at a discount. I did want to jump back into the beta because I felt as though I played the I played the beta like the first week the first weekend quite a bit. But I wanted to give it another shot because I'm like, maybe I'm missing something because some people are kind of saying you got to scratch a little deeper. There's something there. 
And I did go back. I did the mission. I did some of the, um, the not the campaign missions, but more of the repeatable missions, like visit the area, do the thing, hop out. And I think there's something about the combat that has started to click. Like I played a character. I played as uh, Miss Marvel, unlocked a, a couple more moves, started to like increase the amount of abilities I can use. And I, I'm like, okay, I kind of, I'm having fun here. It's a little... It's still not quite there. Uh, I, I want there <laughs> I to be feel story. Like you are just you're trying so hard to like this game. Like... I am, and I think that's the problem. Um, I'm I'm trying to find the fun, and here's where I kind of left it as like I'm I'm more I'm closer to keeping my pre order now, but I'm not taking the shrink wrap until the reviews come out because I need to know the balance of the content. Is it a good chunk is a is a good chunk campaign or am i gonna like congratulations you played the five hour campaign now the real game begins but the real game is just grinding for gear it's all these great yeah in order to do a raid or a dungeon or (laughs) whatever the hell they call it and again i know people love those games i mean but yeah but it's okay if it's not for you like you very much even with warcraft for a long time Mm -hmm. like and i don't even think you've played through the the latest stuff but like You'd play through the leveling experience and then you'd be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I and I mean like, sometimes I I last very much your it's your jam, right? Is going through seeing the story, playing the single player, and then leaving. Yeah. And that's fine. <laughs> Just yeah, a, a super grindy, you know, leveling up your gear game. Like, I mean, Diablo's another one. Like mm-hmm. though that's just not your jam. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I had I had a lot of fun with Destiny, um, when Destiny 2 first came to PC and kind of jumped in and and stuck it out for to do raids and those raids were fun um i think the avengers combat is a lot of fun it feels very like slapsticky and that you're kind of going in and mashing a button and hopefully you're doing well and 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 when you don't do well you it you really feel like the game is punishing you um i did experience that as i was playing as hulk and kind of um kept dying and i was like well hulk feels like he probably shouldn't be going down but i get it like i'm not hitting square fast enough i'm not dodging <laughs> um but and i'm i've been playing i was playing with ai because i don't have ps plus uh so i've i've kind of just i'm running around with bots and they kind of show up when i need them to and they're kind of they stay off to the side when i don't and it i need i just need to know the balance of content like i need to know is there a good chunk of campaign is the story i like the idea of a big marvel story being told in a video game but they haven't really been talking about the story this year like they did that big push um in like last year where they kind of introduced um ant-man and uh or at least teased hank pym and then they had the kamala khan uh unveil but this year i know this year they showed off modok and that's great um but i just I want to know, I want to hear from someone who's played the whole thing and said like, okay, here's, here's kind of the balance. And if it is like destiny where it's like, here's a five hour story and then we're going to add sort of dungeons as we go. I think the idea with Avengers is like, we're going to add heroes as we go. And that's going to be the big content drops, which again, that sounds pretty cool to me because if I can, although Hawkeye being the first one, like they'll have to sell me on that one. Um, But that sounds appealing and that like, it sounds like it'll be like a, a drop of like solid intro level combat intro level you know campaign missions centered around that hero and a continuation of the story 
could be interesting. And I mean, to have it there and jump in every three months when a new hero comes out. I don't know. It, I like Marvel, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> Which I think is kind of key here, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you absolutely have to be invested in this universe in order to get the most out of it. Oh, yeah. Which I just, I, I am not. I This is another, I'm skipping it <laughs> yeah. title for me, but uh, I'm looking forward to see what, seeing what you think if you decide to actually stick it out and, and give it a try when it comes uh, out on full release, which again is uh, not this Friday, but next. So if you guys are into Avengers, that is coming to a store near you. Uh, if you guys like the content that we produce, TGI is always going to be free. But if you'd like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We are currently looking for our September patron. So if you want to get shout outs through the entire month of September, again, go to patreon.com slash the gamers in. That brings us to the news this week. We've gotten big update because i feel like this is probably just going to be like the biggest gaming story over the rest of 2020 but uh we do have an update from last week so um epic like we had mentioned was basically uh going after apple apple was like oh hell no and said that they were going to essentially pull epic's developer account Well, what that would mean, like we talked about last week, is that Epic would no longer be able to um, basically update Unreal Engine, which quite a few developers use to create their games. Well, this week, Microsoft has come to the defense of Epic uh, and they've basically said, you know, like you you can't (laughs) you can't do this more. This is going to impact more than just Epic if you pull their developer license. And uh, so, yeah, not only does was Microsoft on Epic's side, but now also a judge has agreed that Apple is not allowed to block Epic's developer account. Now, I I, I will fully admit <laughs> that this is getting a little bit beyond my ability to cover in that I do not know the ins and outs of tech law in the States. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to hope that all of the other like media coverage is accurate because that's what we're going to be heavily relying on going forward, guys. But uh, these are a lot of real big tech heavyweights going at it right now over basically Apple's rules governing uh, their their ecosystem. Mm, their well, yeah, their walled garden of of uh, iOS and Mac and uh, well, not not Mac. I mean, just iOS in general. Um, like on Mac, there are ways. There are many ways for well there's the epic game store right um <laughs> and i don't know i got caught there a little bit but i think when you look at this it's when you think of how the legal system works it's it's kind of amazing that epic and apple were able to come together and be like and have this discussion with with the courts and figure out cuz this was this was a deadline i think it was august 28th so it would have been couple days from now where they would have they would have canceled their developer account fortnite is still not back in the app store apple has said basically you're not back in until you you reverse that that hot fix you did that implemented the extra payment systems and i it, it's a staring contest at this point they are preparing to take the case forward there was talk in a couple of there's a couple of great twitter threads that was basically someone live tweeting the hearing and they they basically asked epic and apple like how long would it take you to prepare for court and i think epic was like six months and apple was 10 months so within the next year it's going to take some it's going to be a slow burn and i mean apple 
really they're losing money but not as much as epic would by not having fortnite in the ios app store so it's it's kind of they'll be they'll both be fine they're both billion and trillion dollar companies exactly yeah but uh, zillionaires so yeah it's just it's it's interesting to see a company trying to point out the flaws in the way apple um apple runs their business so yeah someone was eventually going to do it and it's kind of crazy to think it's epic the guys who uh, we used to remember for the gears of war franchise it's a little (laughs) odd i know they were big you know i was i was thinking about that you know when we first started talking about Fortnite, i remember i didn't even own it you had decided to pick it up and we were looking at it more as like a zombie game because you were basically like trying to like build your fortress to hold off these like hordes of infected whatevers and uh how you could play co-op but you could also play single player and you were talking about this whole big thing and like uh, as far as i know that game mode is still available but like that used to be the game and then they were like yo we're gonna add a battle royale because why not and then now it's like that's the entire game (laughs) yeah i think they ended support for the save the world mode or at least they I can't remember, but that, yeah, you're right. That was the original entry point. That was was. The, yeah, that was the only, that was what Fortnite was. And I remember, like, we were super interested in, in it and stuff. But then, you know, I was playing PUBG at the time and they were like, we're going to make a battle royale. So I'm like, all right, I'll try this. And in the end, it wasn't my jam. I don't play PUBG anymore either. But um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy to think about, like, where we started covering Fortnite was just, you know, Ryan poking around at something that looked like it might be a zombie game. And now, epic is is epic <laughs> yeah it's uh it's been a journey a wild ride but i'm sure we'll have weekly updates on this story because epic is not afraid to like tweet stuff and post letters and emails that they send i mean apple's been very apple about this but epic is i i know we say like it's a billion versus a trillion dollar company but i think epic is very much taking the scrappy approach on this and for good or good or bad whatever but yeah um, it it does seem like they're they're mounting the more kind of like marketing pr social media type campaign like trying to turn public opinion like for them and against apple as opposed to apple which is being very much like oh my god epic you're being so mature like come on (laughs) (laughs) like this is business be like businessy okay (laughs) yeah everyone takes 30 percent. why you gotta be why you gotta mess with our workflow it feels like the Again, I don't want to get too far down this because I mean Apple Epic, who well, cares? Like, they're they're having a slap fight this, here, but you know what this reminds me of? What? It's like you remember the old commercials that were like the Mac guy and the PC guy? <laughs> right. Well now it's like Apple is the PC guy and Epic is the Apple guy. <laughs> and like Epic's all hip and cool and like all the kids like him, and then Apple is like the guy in the suit that like doesn't quite get it. <laughs> like that's that's what i have in my head right now <laughs> yeah no i can see that i i think it's yeah it's very like i mean epic has even made this argument in their in their legal papers where it's you know apple's very much not remembering their roots like where they were an open yeah. source platform and the apple II, and and now it's just apple has very much become what they railed against with uh microsoft uh being doing basically what apple was doing you know uh, offering a having a monopoly of the computer business right so and this is very much like the kind of stuff that i don't and i guess it's it's them going after 
Apple for having having the monopoly. I don't know. Again, this is this is the part of my knowledge that is really seriously lacking here because um, I don't really understand like what I guess Epic is suing for or what like legal ground they have to stand on or like because you're right like in in the legal um or i guess the the highlighted portions the blurbs that i've seen because obviously i've not read this thing um but the the pieces that i see posted in um like on twitter and in, in news articles and stuff is very much things that sound to me as an outsider uh very just like it's like they're telling a story like oh apple's like you said lost their side of their roots and blah 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 and it's like yeah but how is that a court case <laughs> you know and and so this is like where i say the the gaps in my knowledge absolutely are is once we start talking into the nitty-gritty legal stuff of this so um i'm going to do my best to do some more research we we may or may not actually update next week we'll have to see how it goes um I have some uh, Ryan's going to be away and I have some ideas for for next week's show. So it uh, might be a little bit different, but um, yeah, we will be following this. It's going to be a developing story for a while. I will do my best to uh, kind of update myself on what actually is going on, because I'll admit I'm a little bit confused by the situation. Um, but if anybody has any uh, any like insights or ideas or, you know, like thoughts on on where this could go or what this could mean, absolutely hit us up in the discord. It's bit.ly slash TGI discord. Uh, we're both in there quite often. I've been in there less often lately, but planning on getting back in there more so. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any any insights, please do feel free to educate me because this is definitely knowledge gap area for Joss. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a. Uh... It's complicated, and I think um, where it, where it really comes down to <laughs> is that uh, Apple does not allow uh, any circum you know uh, getting around the App Store. The only way to have software run on an iOS device is through the App Store, and the argument there, the argument on the Google side is that you are able to sideload, you are able to go around the Play Store, and many Android phones offer like an alternate store right at boot up right so right. i think that is epic's argument is that they have the ability to create a store and and before this all started they sent a note to apple saying we very much want to do this and we want you to allow us to do it because we feel as though it would it would help developers and and epic is very much saying like if we were to make an epic game store on ios we would open that up to all developers it wouldn't be just epic creating another uh locked down um app store right in in the ios ecosystems but but you're right it gets much more complicated in terms of like platform ownership and and that's where i, I lose it because the argument comes up it's like well it's apple's platform they agreed to the terms of service like when does it become a legal concern that you're not allowing someone to come into your platform like for example the whole xbox right, like, playstation there, argument right yeah exactly which i think we talked about mm -hmm. a little bit a little while ago is is you know like being able to control what happens on your platform and i'm wondering like is there some sort of like threshold or market share or something because i mean in terms of if we're talking about xbox and playstation you know, it's not 50-50, but it's not, you know, like 1%, 99%. Like they're, it, it, they both have a, a decent market share. And obviously that's going to fluctuate between generations. We always talk about, you know, the winners and the losers of every console generation. But 
the fact of the matter is they have very, very similar user bases. So maybe that's the difference here is that, you know, Apple has just such a large user base that even, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, you know, we're talking like probably a billion plus devices. <laughs> like, you know, so, so maybe they're just saying, you know, like when you look at market share for cell phones and tablets, like Apple is the only real option. And as much as, you know, Google and Android users and BlackBerry users and everybody else, like they're there, but those platforms can't compete with Apple's size. Like maybe that's why they're, they're kind of going after them for their super lockdown ecosystem. That's, you know, basically would, if it wasn't so locked down, provide them access to the majority of the mobile market. Like maybe that's it. I don't know. Again, I am talking out my butt right now because I don't understand a lot of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to do my best to to kind of do some more research and, and get a better handle on this topic because it seems like this isn't the like, fuck you, Apple, well, fuck you, Epic, like <laughs> stupid little contest that it kind of seemed like it was going to be at the beginning. Like this seems like it's going to you know, have some far-reaching implications and there, there's lots going on here. There's lots to unpack and unravel and understand. So I'm going to do my best uh, to to be a little bit more on top of this going forward because, man, it seems it seems extraordinarily complicated. Yeah. Where's Tom Merritt when you need him, right? Exactly. <laughs> Tom, explain to me all the <laughs> things, please. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that uh, we will continue our coverage of this uh, uh, kind of developing story. Uh, as new things happen but uh, speaking of new things we got a couple of new batman things well not exactly batman things uh gotham knights is coming from wb montreal and this to me looks really interesting it looks like a kind of um natural continuation of not only like the story and stuff of the arkham games but also a lot of the combat like they don't actually show you like gameplay in the trailer that was revealed, but what they do show you, it looks a lot like cinematics making use of the same sort of combat, if that makes sense. It's like, it's not quite gameplay. It's not quite in engine necessarily. There's cinematics still, but it's like at one point you're kind of like shown Batgirl like flying over the city a little bit. And then there's another moment where you know, one of the one of the bad guys gets like strung up by an ankle from a gargoyle when, you know, she drops down and then kind of does a couple of moves that, again, look very much like Batman combat from the Arkham series. So uh, the trailer for this game got me super stoked, even though it's like. Spoiler alert, it's not actually a Batman game. Um, Batman is not in this one. Uh, there are I think it's uh, Batgirl, Robin red hood and somebody else i'm missing somebody but there's four uh, there's night, four of them night stalker night nightwing 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 okay <laughs> nightwing okay which are all like are, are they all robins except for batgirl like uh, aren't they all like yes they were all robins Cause, at cause some batman point. had yeah batman had a batman had a lot of robins he just goes through <laughs> robins like, <laughs> like right you'd think child <laughs> services would come by and be like uh <laughs> so i i don't remember uh doesn't the original robin dick grayson doesn't he become nightwing yes 
Man, my honestly, DC, my Batman, I don't... like DC comic lore is definitely not there, but uh, I, yeah, see, I feel like so... this news, this news segment is just Joss saying, I don't know the fuck's <laughs> going on. Okay. 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 Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I think you, you, first of all, you know, a lot more than, than, uh, you should give yourself more credit because again, all the characters you listed off, those are all, in my opinion, if they haven't been in the movies, then they are they are knowledge that you normally wouldn't gather. So, like, most of the extended outside-the-movie knowledge I have of Batman is from the Arkham series. And it is important to note that while this game borrows a lot gameplay-wise, it is actually separate from the Arkham series the game we're going to talk about next is a continuation of the arkham series this is oh okay i separate. thought gotham knights is the one that was uh, a continuation it, oh okay it would sort of work like the idea so the, where it falls apart it, first off is that uh, is it batgirl or is it batwoman i almost i i think it is batgirl now that i've been calling her Batwoman. i'm 99 sure it's i think Bat it's batgirl girl but uh i could be wrong it, they might have changed it she i don't know it, i think it <laughs> I is thought it batgirl was Bat but <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just uh so so yeah it is batgirl so i don't know where i got maybe it was spider-man anyways comics <laughs> um so batgirl in the arkham series is uh barbara gordon and yes. uh she's in a wheelchair in the arkham series uh there is a prequel dlc for arkham knights which had her as batgirl um so in this instance she hasn't been uh shot by the joker she is still batgirl uh and you also have oh, jason okay, todd i was gonna say i thought that original batgirl was barbara until she got paralyzed and then mm -hmm. i thought again i thought it was a passing of the mantle thing like they did with robin of like now we get a new batgirl because barbara mm -hmm. can't jump from buildings anymore again batman probably shouldn't <laughs> be taking people <laughs> under his wing um right? although it, things seem to happen uh, yeah i mean he attracts a lot of negative attention i mean yeah. let's just leave it at that but but i think you know when you look at this uh connections aside it to me is it was very hard to tell if it was disconnected because until they showed off batgirl and it's like okay is this like a weird side story or something because mm -hmm. at the end of arkham knights they kind of left it from a standpoint of like batman had been decaled and either he walk he like retired or he died i don't really remember but it was very very weird um in terms of how they left it but that all aside i like the idea of them continuing with the gameplay style um and i'm yeah, not i always loved the combat of the yeah. Arkham games like they were always really good yeah the combat was was top notch and i mean a lot of games any games that had quote unquote batman combat was like i'm sold i don't care what yeah. it is and uh this, <laughs> it this... just made you feel like such a badass mm -hmm. you were like you're going around hitting your combos you know counter moves yeah it's no, so you, good you and all the gadgets and stuff and you're oh, yeah, the, the gadgets, way you could scare enemies zipping around and and the combined with the stealth and stuff and and yeah you're right the the scare tactics too uh there was a, there was a lot of real good stuff in in the original arkham games so I'm looking forward to something that kind of uh, whether it's an actual continuation of the story or just a continuation of the mechanics. I'm I'm good with even just the continuation of the mechanics. And I'm excited to to kind of get in there and, and play as some different characters and stuff as well. Um, I think that that was something that they did pretty well in the Arkham series as well. Like when you got to do the Catwoman stuff, like mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm and I was going to ask you this is a this is a co-op game where you can play up to two people at a time, but you can be totally played single player. There seems to be a lot of this movement, especially later this generation and into the next generation, this focus on co-op and um sort of multiplayer within a single player campaign. Personally, yeah. like I'm not too keen on it, but I mean, if the AI is done right, because I'm probably most likely going to play this game solo. And if I'm playing solo, unless I have someone that I can play in tandem with, then really the co-op kind of breaks apart quite quickly. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, that's always been my problem with these experiences is that I don't have anybody that I can play with consistently all the time. And then I, I would rather share these experiences with a friend like if they build it in a way where like i can play quest number one and two and then jump into a random person's game to play quest three go back to mine and play quest four have a friend jump in for quest five mm. like that to me isn't nearly as as interesting like i would very much like to you know like play side by side through an entire campaign with the same person because again like random people online it's just not it's just not as fun it's not the same right no, I'd, so I'd, I'd be fine with the bot at that point and i think there is a gameplay trailer as well they put out and it's more like a walkthrough the from the developer and they do talk about the idea of jumping in uh do, so the the mr freeze boss battle they showed off they said if you come in at power level 10 or power level 24 you are experiencing a different version of that boss he has more power uh, he has more abilities um, right yeah which is something level. that they did that they do and have done in warcraft for a while now yeah so i mean it's not a it's it's not a new concept but the idea of adding to replaying that content is interesting but i the way i've played these arkham games is like it's one and done you go through it you finish it i i think it, yeah like you if i had someone i could play in tandem with and just kind of do it that way that that sounds appealing that sounds like okay you add co-op for that reason but it'll be interesting to see if they just treat it as this is for you to play in tandem with your friends or at least get a co-op experience of because i mean doing the challenge maps that were in the original arkham game co-op that sounds great i'm down for that playing through the campaign co-op i don't have a setup that supports that because i my gaming schedule is different i have time i have 20 minutes here 20 minutes there three yeah, hours exactly. here so doing a cha you and i doing a challenge map that sounds great but we're not going to be able to get our schedules in sync to play a whole arkham campaign to do a whole campaign yeah. yeah and that's kind of that's how i would want to like do a playthrough is i would want to have like joss and ryan take on gotham like and and play through the story all together so that we can you know like be on voice chat and like talk about stuff and say okay i'm gonna play this character I'm going to go over and do this thing. Do you want to come help me? What are you up to? Like kind of like share, share a world and share an experience and then be like, oh, hey, I just found this main story quest. Do you want to come do it with me? Absolutely. I'll be right there. And then I fly over as Batgirl and I'm like, da, 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 Batgirl's here. And you're like, yay. <laughs> like that's, that's the kind of uh, experience I want, but it's not the experience I have time for. So uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I, but I'm going to buy this. I'm going to play this, you know, whether I actually take advantage of co-op stuff or not, it's probably going to be not, but I'm still going to buy this and play this as a single player game and I'm going to love it because it looks really cool, uh, which is, I don't know. I'm, 
I'm not quite as sold on the next one. Suicide Squad uh, Kill the Justice League is uh, is the actual continuation of Rocksteady's Arkham, like, uh, I guess, universe, like the the story and everything else. Uh, and I'm I'm split, I guess, like I, I'm kind of on the fence because uh, I do love Harley Quinn quite a lot. I think she's a really interesting character. Um, I, I love the, the kind of like story stuff that they've been exploring with her. I really liked her movie, everything else. Uh, but in terms of the, uh, the rest of just the, the idea of like suicide squad of like, we're bad guys, but we're going to do good things because otherwise you'll like explode our heads or something like, uh, I don't know. I'm just, um, I wasn't sold on it as a movie. I'm not sold on it as a concept. Like I'm just kind of like, man, whatever. (laughs) It's not my jam. I think the struggle here was this is a CGI trailer debuting the game. It's going to come out 2022 uh, PC, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. I think that's the core issue is that we're getting a trailer for a game that we have no idea how it's going to play. Like we know it's in the Arkham series. We know it's Rocksteady. That leads us to assume a couple things. But really all we know is that this is a open world metropolis game so you're in metropolis it's open world um i don't remember if it's one to four player co-op or if it's just like two player co-op and you kind of can choose um just kind of see but basically uh if you're if you're playing this game single player the rest are played by bots and the four characters are harley quinn deadshot king shark and captain boomerang and all the in the trailer you get the idea that all the characters are very they're very different but they all have the mobility you would need to have in an open world game. Um, so, you know, Deadshot can fly. Harley Quinn's got like a, a, a grapple shot. But again, this trailer doesn't really show exact gameplay. And I think that's the struggle for me. Um, I like Harley Quinn as well. Uh, I like the idea of trying to do a King Shark character. Uh, Captain <laughs> Boomerang. It's, you know, it, it is what it is. I like Rocksteady, so I'm kind of looking at this game and I'm like, all right, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm not a big Suicide Squad fan, and maybe James Gunn's movie is going to change that. I have no idea. It's got Nathan Fillion in it, so that's a big <laughs> win. Um, but this, it, like, at the end, it, I, I dig the humor they're trying to lay down. Like, at the end, Superman shows up. It's like, oh, who's the guy we're trying to kill? And it's Superman, and they all kind of look at him and. They kind of look at him with this reverence of like, oh, man, it's Superman. This is great. He's going to be able to help save the day. It's like, oh, wait, that's the guy we're trying to kill because he's under control of Brainiac or something like that is an interesting concept because I feel like the Suicide Squad movie, which is my only interaction with the franchise, is that the bad guy didn't make sense because you have mm. you have uh, so many great big bad guys that people know. And I, I did not understand what they were fighting and I think that's where the movie fell apart. But in this instance, like kill the suicide or kill the Justice League, I get that. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. There's a lot of fun they can have there because those are characters we all know and love. Um, and having played Injustice Two, where Brainiac takes over uh, all of the DC characters, and we get a bit of that experience of what it's like to fight these other characters. And another point that someone else had made that really hits home is like it'd be really tough to make a superman game or a wonder woman game or an aquaman game solely because those characters are so strong so it kind of feels tough on how do you kind of limit them in a way that makes it fun to progress 
Whereas if you're having them being controlled by Brainiac and you're controlling the Suicide Squad going up against them, you can you can kind of have them in the game without them kind of taking over in this way that becomes too fantastic to understand, right? Like you can kind of understand like, okay, if they're being controlled by Brainiac, maybe they're crippled a little bit and it makes sense that you can throw a weird electric boomerang at their heads. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm, we're, we're picking away at a, a trailer that really is just like, Hey, we're making the game kind of thing. And yeah, I, it doesn't give you any real no. indication other than, like you said, it, it, they talked about uh, co-op mode between one to four players, but uh, that's basically all we know. They they really didn't give us much more of an idea. This is very much like, even though it's, I think the trailer is like four minutes long, it's still a teaser. Like, There's a lot <laughs> of setup that felt really yeah. like unnecessary, but they really are trying to show, like sell us on these four characters because again, unlike Batman, unlike Superman, they're the last time they tried to prop suicide squad up, it didn't really hit home for the, for, you know, for the franchise. So it's almost like they're trying to sell it again. Right. Outside of Harley Quinn. I know she's, she's very popular, but. And yeah, she's got a lot of stuff going on right now too, which, which might be the, the fact that she is the kind of like, not the main character, but you know, she's a, a very much central to the squad. And she's got so many other like ways to consume Harley Quinn stories and media right now that, you know, she's almost like not enough to sell me on Suicide Squad because I'm like, if I want my Harley fix, there's like 18 other things I can go and do. Uh, And so the rest of the story and the rest of the cast has to be compelling, not to mention the combat that we know nothing about. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm for me, at least. And I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I know I feel this way. And I know you have to tell a story kind of like this with Suicide Squad. But um, I just I'm at the point I kind of just don't want dark takes on my on my good guys anymore. Like, I just I just want to have like a a do goody Boy Scout Superman, (laughs) you know, like I just, you know, and if they're going to take all all of my Justice League characters and just make them evil, it's like, okay. Yeah, you're dark and edgy, but come on. Well, Jocelyn, <laughs> like, I have I something know. for I'm, you. I'm kind of sick of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have something for you. It's called the Snyder Cut, which uh, <laughs> actually, no, that's probably not going to do it for you. Although it's four hours. Could Is eventually... it actually out now? I know that no, they it's said not it was out. coming, but okay. <laughs> next year. Next year, we'll, we'll uh, finally get that four-hour version of... Of Justice League. Justice League that we wanted? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a big question mark for me, but yeah. Um, so it just, and not even, not even saying like a DC thing, but just in general, like, I feel like, um, being the dark, evil, gritty, whatever, uh, superhero stuff has been kind of in vogue lately where it's like, you know, um, making all of these like gray characters and, you know, taking good guys and turning them bad. And, you know, like, I just, I just want good guys to be good guys. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm getting a little bit of uh, morally gray fatigue. I think uh, I would very much just like you know, black and white, good and bad. Don't try to teach me a lesson. Just you know, let the good guys beat up the bad guys, and let's move on. <laughs> that that's what you got in the Arkham games. Like you were Batman, you were good, and all the people on your side were good, and you didn't even have that conflict. Like th- this is I mean, we're getting a bit into movie territory, but I I think that's where 
that's what I liked about that. The Batman trailer is that you very much saw Batman working, oh, for the most part, working closely with the GCPD. And you got that in the Arkham series as well. Like, I like that there was good and then there was bad. I mean, Arkham Knight got a bit into the like the weeds with uh, Jason Todd and how he was sort of turned against Batman by by the Joker. But I think you're right. Like, this is one of those where they're trying to humanize the bad guys by uh, by you playing as them. Um, this being, you know, the Suicide Squad. But then they're they're demonizing the good guys. So the good am, guys, I, yeah. am I actually yeah. killing the Justice League? I don't mind killing Aquaman. Don't get me wrong. But oh, Superman. Oh, you leave my Jason Momoa alone. But this is not Jason Momoa. <laughs> Aquaman if, for life. <laughs> if this was Jason Momoa, I'd be like, I, I, again, I like, I like the Jason Momoa Aquaman. But if this is the, uh, we watched, uh, we watched, they have a Scooby-Doo Batman movie and we watched that and Aquaman's like a total <laughs> douche and not a good way. Um, in that, like, he's not a surfer, bro. He's, he's just this kind of like fumbling idiot. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> They really, they you re, you really sticks out like a sore thumb if he's not the Jason Momoa type. But uh, yeah, so again, I don't like the idea of killing Superman. And if they kill Superman, that removes our ability to actually get a Superman video game in the Arkham series. And I mean, that's what people are always saying. It'd be great to see Rocksteady branch out now that they've done Batman and done it well. Do another DC character. And I feel like maybe... This is the monkey paw version of we asked for that and they gave us this uh they gave us Suicide Squad, which is like, yeah, we get to put all of our DC characters in, but it's not the way it's not the Justice League move or game. It's yeah. you're killing well, the I Justice will say, League. Yeah, and the other thing is I do really enjoy the Justice League. Like there there was um the Justice League cartoon from a while back now, I really loved and mm-hmm. I always loved the concept of Justice League. Because there were like, I mean, the movie has not been this way, but the cartoon was very much like the Justice League is like every single good guy ever. Like they just they have so many and they kind of like dispatch everybody to handle like the level of of bad event or crime that they can handle. So, you know, like they've got everybody from you know, all the way down at the bottom that are like the the poor Batmans of the world that don't have all the gadgets of Batman, but want to do good all the way up to, you know, the invincibleness of Superman and everybody in between. And that was always super interesting for me and to see how like all of these different characters like interacted with each other and how they went like, okay, this is beyond us. We need to call like the next level up dudes. And, you know, like I just, I really, really enjoyed that, uh, that TV show. So. To see, like, uh, you know, uh, just kind of get <laughs> crapped on in every other kind of media. I'm just like, man, I, I did really like the Justice League. And now I'm just like, man, there's there's nothing really great going on right now with uh, with this IP <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of DC fans out there that think I'm totally wrong. But that's the last time I really liked Justice League. And I haven't had anything lately that's made me go, woo, DC. Yeah, uh, I think I think the last time for me from a DC perspective was uh, was the Arkham franchise. I think that really like Batman, like they figured out Batman. Yeah, in plenty they're pretty of good at Batman. Yeah. And it's I get it. Uh, there's just I guess there's a formula there. And, and I mean, a lot of people are like, how many Batmans are we going to have? We're going to have 
Ben Affleck back as Batman. We're going to have Michael Keaton back as Batman. We're going to have Robert Pattinson as Batman. There's going to be so many Batmans. So many Batmans. <laughs> and it's, I I have no problem with that. Because again, like there are nuances to Batman. You they can do ha- the cartoonish. Yeah, they, seem to have, they seem to have figured Batman out. But yeah. they're really Figure out Superman. Out. Like, yeah. he's great. I, oh. I get that Superman is, is tough, but. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's just they're trying to make him different. And it's just, I, this argument's been made. Like, I think they've just tried to make him different from what he's always been. And I don't think that fixes the problems with the bad Superman movies, right? Like, trying to make yeah. him. And a Henry, Henry Cavill's a great Superman when they give him Superman stuff to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I very much agree. But I feel like we've kind of we've gone on now about <laughs> the, more more so the larger universe than the actual game. But yeah, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, whatever that's going to look like is coming from Rocksteady. And we're looking at uh, about a year and a half to, to two years release time on that. So uh, go and check out the trailer if you haven't already. That's going to do it for us this week. If you guys want to send in all the ways that we were wrong in the news section today, you can do so by emailing the show at infogamersandpodcast.com or hitting us up on Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In, and remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.